Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, and our great new show, The Catch. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for the night that we like to call TGIT. And hopefully you like to call TGIT too, or something that's got to do with Thursday. Maybe you just call it Thursday. And today we're going to talk about the most recent episode of our phenomenal new television show, The Catch, which I'm addicted to. And I know I can say that because I didn't write it. And I'm one of the biggest fans of it, even though I work on it. And one of the coolest people who I've admired for years, and we actually convinced her to be on this show. And she's actually, we convinced her to come in here today, like on her day off and sit here and talk to me, which is also amazing. The incredible Sonia Walger, who plays Margot, and you're here and you look amazing. Huh? Thanks so much. Hi, I'm so you glad look to be here. Gorgeous. Okay, you guys, as is the tradition, I'm going to tell you what um, Sonia's wearing. She's in a really cool little black shift dress, which is super adorable. And I don't know if you guys know this, but she has amazing legs. So <gasps> she's got her television. legs and she's doing her leg stuff. And then she's got these really cool cork wedgies with blue suede. Yep. Little Stuart Weitzman. Little, little Stuart Weitzman. Action. You're, you're... I'm going for some wedges. It's the, the, the tragedy of television is nobody ever cares about your skinny legs because you're always in a medium close up from the waist Isn't down. Isn't that the meanest so thing ever? So if you have good legs, nobody cares. Doesn't count. You, you just know, have I'm, a I'm teeny making, waist. I'm making a note to say to myself <laughs> that at least once an episode we have to get like a shot of you walking in the room. <laughs> because it's like, I'm telling you, she the mid shots look great. I'm not saying they don't. But every once in a while you just want to clock the whole thing, right? Because also the shoes. The shoes. The like, shoes. I feel like the shoes are beautiful. The People shoes are beautiful. Attention. Although poor Peggy Schnitzer, our amazing, gifted costume designer, I just break her heart because I really, I'm not very good in heels. So what you see me in today is a wedge, which is my favorite because I can walk in that. She and I, Peggy Schnitzer, the amazing mm. um, costumer, who, mm. by the way, has helped me out of a bind a couple of times. Oh, really? and just shook her head <laughs> like a sad, sad mother <laughs> saying, like, you're really going to go out in that, really? like that kind of thing. She and I had a little sidebar yesterday about this. I said, I need more shoes but I hate really high heels mm. and she said you are exactly the same yes, way. Yes. I have a very hard time yes. standing and walking for long periods of time in them. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at it. It's usually what I do on any job is I walk into poor costume people and I just announce, I, I will only wear flats. This character only wears flats. And then I come in with a paragraph of justification about why this character only wears flats. But basically it's that I, I really can't do it. One of my husband's favorite impressions is of me is we got invited mysteriously to the White House Nicely six done. years ago. Okay. Because because some kind person was a big fan of Lost and so thought that it was a nice thing to ask me to the White House. I was delighted to go. <laughs> it so was super humble about it. It was Lost was a massive show and of course they <laughs> wanted you in the White House, you dumbo. <laughs> Well, anyway, I felt embarrassed and like there were much worthier candidates, but I went and I rummaged through the wardrobe because the White House outfit is not the same as the red carpet outfit. There oh, is no. a different code here. So I'm desperately trying to find the right outfit. So I find the right dress and I find the right shoes and I pack them and we fly to DC and it's super exciting. And then Virgin loses my luggage. And so I go like sobbing up to the desk at Virgin You're saying, right. do you understand? Like, I'm sure everybody says this when they come to DC, but I am actually going to the White House. Like, I'm not <laughs> going just past it. I'm not going to like press up against the gates. I'm going inside it. Can you please get my luggage? Anyway, the short version of this story is that the luggage arrives with 20 minutes to spare. I'm not kidding. And I sandwich myself into this dress, then realize that all I've done in this dress is practice walking around in it. I've not practiced <laughs> sitting down in it. When I sit down in it, boobs appear. Like, like spilling out, like like Shakespearean globe, Merry Wives of Windsor style 
boobs are just pouring out the top of this dress. And I'm like, this is a terrible, terrible thing because I have to sit down and have lunch with these people. So I can't just be standing. And you can't exactly sit down and just stick a napkin in there and no. hope for the best, right? So I like have this beautiful dress and I steal Davy's scarf and I wrap it around this scarf that has nothing to do with my outfit. <laughs> So I'm wearing like this bizarre like camouflage scarf with this beautiful dress and I've got my heels on and we start walking and we're getting our tour through the Eisenhower building adjacent to the White House and I'm about four corridors in and I'm like I can't walk in these shoes. I really can't walk like a minute longer in these shoes. So Davy's impression of me, you won't be able to see this one. I'm describe this to you guys. Like knock kneed okay. and like resting <laughs> on sideboards as we walk around the White House, leaning heavily into walls and then propping myself up for a moment so as to make eye contact with the person showing me around and then as soon as they turn away like leaning back into a wall again. Okay Sonia basically just did what I would say is a twisted toddler walk. Yes. Where it's like when you first learn to walk and you're grabbing for anything that you can grab so in, a, in a nicely contorted, slightly spastic move, which is kind of a beautiful thing. That's a long story about that's, why I don't no, wear heels. I super, super agree with you. And I'm I'm also, I'm not good at walking in them. Like we, we said this in the podcast with Mireille, which is watching her run in heels. Oh, humiliating for everyone. It's for everybody. I mean, including the men who totally. like didn't run as fast. Nope. And I, recently at an event, somebody convinced me to wear like what I consider to be tall heels and by the way aren't uh, tragic I, mean, I, did, I did a thing in New York who was around for this but I did a thing in New York and it was at a magazine it was at Marie Claire and I had my normal little black heels that I was wearing and they gave me a tour of Marie Claire later and the most amazing person ever who I idolized Nina Garcia was mm, there and mm. she could not have been nicer she was very nice about my outfit and I said yes but I have tragic taste in shoes and she looked at my shoes and she went mm, mm, mm. no she was you got the mm from Nina she Garcia got, mm. And God bless her in her cotton socks, two weeks later, a box appeared with the most amazing shoes no, I've ever seen. No, So she's the kindest, she nicest sent person. You shoes? She shoes? Well, talking about taking pity on a poor thing. Like, she knew that I couldn't square this out myself. But so every once in a while, I steal myself because they do have some heels on. I steal myself and I buckle myself into them. And I totter about a bit and then I collapse We on can, the floor. listen, I can help you out with it's just, it's, shoe It's just, I've got this. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. See, okay. Okay, now this episode, you know, like one of my favorite things in this entire episode is okay, so all this stuff is going on, and there's the whole case where Alice gets drugged and it's all screwed up. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah, Ben yeah. and Margo are in the middle of all this, and you've got Kasim and it's all a problem. You blew the hell out of Kasim at the end of this. I did. And then I, I actually I put a second bullet in him just for good measure. Just for good measure, just in <laughs> case. It wasn't even in the script. Any and part I was of like, him was flopping. Can I, can I shoot him again? And they were like, uh, sure. And I said, I, th I think Margo would do two. Oh, so I think, she, two I think she's thorough. Totally thorough. I think she's absolutely, totally thorough. But what I loved about it was, like, for the first couple of episodes, they're going, you got to be careful of Margot. And I don't know, you present as lovely and <laughs> amusing and self-effacing and all these other wonderful things. And then you blow the sky away. It was awesome. It was like, awesome. It's so fun. What I love, too, is that Alan is so judicious and careful with this stuff. It's it's not like she's a mass murderer. You don't see her spraying bullets throughout the season. She's not a psychopath, Margot. That's what I like about no, her. No, you know, like she, she's just taking practical. care of business. And you also sort of get the feeling that she's picking up the kind of slack of the stuff that Ben wouldn't do. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes it takes a woman to yes, it does. clean some situations up, yes, it you does. know, I think. And mm -hmm. that moment was super cool, but also it really solidifies the fact that 
how dangerous the character actually can be and that she really means what she's saying. Totally, and I, I think, you know, as you say, I think that's what's sort of fun about her is that she seems unlikely and English and proper and all of that. And then suddenly she's like, no, I will deal with this in the way that I have to. I also, I love that whole real estate scam. Oh, like, yeah. I love the whole, the way that you actually trapped Kasim into buying buildings and then everybody figuring out that he was skimming. That was so fun. There was something fun about that whole, setting up that whole con too, in the orchestration of it where you see Margot, you get to see Margot pushing the con together mm -hmm. and directing everybody and saying, you stand here, you stand there, put the put the visiting cards here and sort of setting up the scene before Kasim arrives. I, I had such a good time doing it because I had this whole instinct that Margot, I think, is an actor manque, that she would really love to have been an actress in another life. Oh, that's and that cool, being yeah. being a con woman is the closest she gets to it because she gets to play all these different roles all the time and direct them and produce them. Like, she's her own studio head, she's her own script writer, she's her own casting director. Like, it's a really an amazing one-woman show that she that puts is, on all the time. That's really, really well put. And I think you get that in this moment where she's playing the cheated investor yes and you walk into that lobby and she's in the most and fully believable way a woman who's just been ripped off and right you see a totally different side of the character she was playing right right exactly yeah, did you keep to, kind of digging it's really I was fun. I was trying to flesh out Stella Winters into making I, I just decided that whatever Margot does she does it really really well so if she's going to take on a role she should play that as fully as she's able to super super cool I keep wondering what poor Dow's gonna do because like yeah I don't know I think like, he's just nobody gonna Trust him. Wear leather jackets and look interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we all know Jackie Ido is capable of a lot more than that, but for the moment, that he's doing that really well. Yeah, Jackie rocks a leather jacket like there's like nobody's, nobody's business. business. I yeah. know. It's he's, absolutely crazy. He's fabulous. Do you do you actually do you think Margot really loves Ben? Actually, if anything, the the passion may have gone, but I think they're almost like brother and sister now. Mm -hmm. And that, that may be part of where Alice was able to get a hold on him that maybe Margot didn't have. I feel like they've been together such a long time. They know each other so well. I think Margot's alone in America and doesn't have friends or family here, so having the one person that she came with is a big deal, you know? And it seems to me like when you become business partners with right. your significant other, everything transitions totally. anyway. So, totally. so much becomes about business. And I fully understand, I mean, the year that he was with Alice, that must have been hard because I don't know how much you right. saw of him, how normal that was. Because it seems like from all the information we're getting on the other side, this was a bit of an anomaly for yes, him. Yes, totally. This was a complete one-off, I think. And and it went much deeper. And, and Margot, I, I suspect them, I and I'm sure they saw each other and checked in all the time during that year. And I'm sure Margot had an inkling he was going in deeper than he needed to. But I think she's taken aback at, at just how intense this whole experience was for him. And also, I mean, as I think a lot of the people know who are listening to this podcast, you originally were hired to do one part and then yes. Alan Heimberg came in and he rebuilt the entire show and Gave kind of retooled this amazing part, part. In the world. It's pretty good. It's amazing. <laughs> I don't ever want to play another role. I come home to my husband, I will go to work and say it to everyone who'll listen there. I am so grateful to play this role. I just love Margot. I really do. To be written for like this, to get the opportunity to flex and play, as I say, to play someone who essentially is playing an actor 
all the time and yeah. a producer and a director and has all this control and is in charge of the men which doesn't happen often enough has a sense of humor and then a deadly steely side to her as well and it's it's so so fun to explore all the colors of who of who Margot is now speaking of Peggy and costumes do you work with Peggy to try to figure out what exactly the right look is for Margot Peggy was Peggy and I, I mean we arrived there together but I'm going to give her full credit for this she she really did I mean we we decided most largely too it's dictated by my body I mean I, I look better in a massively tailored dress and some serious spanks underneath it that's what works if I'm if I'm just ladies we all love the spanks <laughs> I wouldn't be here with that when I when I win my academy award the first thing I'm going to thank are my spanks you heard it here first but I think I think we all owe our careers to them. So there was that part that was largely like what looks best. And But for Margot, the minute I'm in those dresses, there she is. She's right there. I mean, if I put Margot in a sort of floaty peasant dress, that stops being Margot. That becomes a completely different character. Yeah, when we first started talking about, because I remember talking to Peggy when the character was transforming, and it was sort of this idea of a very sort of sleek lion in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Because what I love about the outfits is they're tailored and they're chic. Mm. But they're they they could be hiding things. Yeah, you know, there's something about them where you're not totally sure what you're dealing with. Yeah. So I think is really lovely. Yeah, as opposed to Alice, who sort of puts it out there. Right. You know, it's a very different kind of feeling. Totally. Part of the reason these shows are so much fun is because we actually get to see what you guys are all wearing. Yes. <laughs> and Peter Krause fills up a nice suit, too. Oh, my Lord, does he look good in a suit. Holy yeah, moly. It's, it's a shame. Fun. It's terrible. So now we've got some fan questions for okay. you if you're into it. I, I don't know if this comes as a surprise to you, but apparently a lot of people liked Lost. Oh, really? It's so weird. I heard it was popular. Just this tiny Besides show that the White House. disappeared. Like, yeah. I thought the White House were maybe the only people who were right, watching right, it. Right, right, right. No, I thought it was so niche. Okay, anyway, how lovely that people remember it. They do, they do. Now, actually, just another question. When you go places, do people still stop you? So I was in, I'm half Argentine, and I went to Argentina a couple of years ago. I mean, I go all the time, but I was last there a couple of years ago, and I took my husband down south, beyond Patagonia, to the Tierra del Fuego, the southernmost point of Argentina and we're in a national park. Not even penguins live down there. It's that freaking cold. And the guide turns around to me in the middle of the national park and he says, Benny? And I'm like, seriously? Benny? Benny? So yes, lost travels and yes, people still ask me about it, well, which is funny. wonderful. It's funny you say that. Um, Carol Jones wants to know, do you see any parallels between Penny and Desmond and Benjamin and Margot? Oh, golly, no, none, actually, at all. I think Penny and Desmond are the original star-crossed lovers. Romeo and Juliet is the model there. And Ben and Margot feel much more complicated. Nothing is straightforward. And Alice and Ben are the real love story there. I think Ben and Margot would love to make it, but who knows if they will. And Ian Cusick, who we got the chance to work with on Scandal, he's uh, so sweet. He's wonderful, you know. yeah. I always tried to get him to bring me back stuff from Hawaii and oh, never yeah. did. <laughs> Jerk. Um, Nora Frost, did you and Henry and Cusick cry real tears doing Lost the Constant episode like we did? <laughs> I can't are you speak a real, for you. Are you a real uh, crier? I can cry if I have to. I can. I'm not like near tears all the time. I have a friend who literally, you, you nudge her and it's just a veil of tears. That is a skill set that oh, I'm not sure amazing. I want. Amazing. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Uh, she books job after job. And I don't. 
but the constant the constant was a beautiful beautiful bit of writing so yes I, I think there's probably a real tear in there or two and I'm going to guess that Ian's the same way but He's, we're gonna he, guess he may be more of a crier he I could not know. be a lovelier yeah. man but I cannot actually attest to his crying nope I can't speak I didn't to that witness much of it during the brief period of time we got to work together um Tessa Smith wants to know do you like playing like a bad girl better than a good girl yes yes it's more fun right so much more fun but also historically i have always played the loving loyal supportive you wife, have actually the you've therapist done your time that i really have i'm so done with it it is so <laughs> fun to play someone who's not propping up their husband's career or life or love or whatever but is actually just doing her own thing and making her own way in the world i love it oh she's the boss emancipating she's yeah. super the boss in yeah. this situation which is super cool Okay, so Som Reviews at Som Reviews wants to know how long until we learn Margot's con life backstory, do you think? Not long. Not long to wait. I'm just going to say that there's there's lots of backstory coming. And you know what I think? It's going to be really, really fun to watch as you realize where these guys come from. Yes. And, and more about how complicated the relationships yes, are, right? exactly. And to that, Lisa Goldsberry Collins also says, we don't know a lot about Margot yet, but are we going to get to know her more soon? And I would say, yeah. Oh, th- very thoroughly. I would say super soon. Super soon, I think. It's I think you're actually going to discover a whole other side of Margot you didn't actually think was there. Yeah. Almost immediately. Yeah. Tessa Smith again wants to know, what's it like working with Peter? He seems so fun. No, he's a terrible human being. Isn't he horrible? Oh, it's just... He's so nasty. Endlessly hard work. Such a number of... No, I can't even fake this. He's, um, (laughs) He's a complete pro. I would say that first and foremost about Pete. He is just an absolute pro to work with. And then on top of that, delightful and charming and funny and truly a pleasure. Truly a pleasure. It's so easy to be wholehearted about him. Now, when you were on Parenthood, you guys didn't... Never cross paths. You never crossed paths, right? Make, I mean, I think we maybe waved hello across a parking lot, but that was it. But that was a pretty big cast and there were sort pretty of... Pretty big cast, but also not that weird. I mean, look at this show. I'm, I've never done a scene with Jay or Elvie or... Yeah, I mean, it's like... Half you, the you, cast. Why would you cross with... Yeah. completely separate shows it's hilarious sometimes when we do double up days and we're both working on sets simultaneously and I'll walk into the AVI to go and get myself a cup of coffee and I'll put my head around the door and be like guys what are you what are you doing I'm doing the show this is I don't know what show you're on totally different show I have my show over here it's nice to see their faces so for the audience who doesn't know what this is a double up day means that what happens is we have two different units shooting episodes at the same time usually it's the episode that we're finishing and the first day of an episode we're starting so we'll have our cast in two different places with two different crews shooting at the same time which for the actors can be really challenging yes. too sometimes because you're going from one episode to another and you might be jumping to the middle of the next episode right. and it's a little bit choppy but you make it work we torture our actors like that <laughs> in all of our shows and, and the crew it's not just it's, the actors it's, everybody's it's working it's definitely hard. definitely tough now carol jones wants to know what do you think margo would be doing if she wasn't a con artist well i think she'd probably be a producer i think so too Or she'd run a Fortune 500 company. Yeah, exactly. She'd be bossing someone around. Pushing the limits is what she'd be doing. George at iBeep Team wants to know, what was your reaction when you first read the script for the show? I thought it was an excellent script. And I thought, oh, this will be fun to do. I had two different reactions because I read the first script in which my character was a very different character. She was more in the vein of the loyal, supportive wife. And then I read Alan's script when he retooled it. I had a very different reaction to that. I was thrilled to be on board anyway, honestly, because it's exciting and fun to work with these people and be part of the Shondaland world. But to see the scripts that Alan had brought and the vision of what Margot was going to be felt so far beyond what I thought I'd signed up for. It was so thrilling. Well, and 
my memory of that too is you kind of influenced that too because you guys went out and had lunch and yeah. you had some really great ideas yeah, after he told you what he was thinking yeah. and it sort of got incorporated into yeah. the character and, and the world which I think it is did. super cool. Well I was just it's just wonderful when you work with someone who's interested in what you might have to offer or pour us to it. Mary at Mirador Gladiator wants to know Margot truly in love with Christopher I think we've sort of covered but do you think she'd be capable of killing Ben? Yeah. I can't really see her actually going through with that, but you never know. You know or it depends what she was choosing between. And we said in the first episode, as Reggie says, no, she'd have me do it. Right, there you go. So I maybe Reggie do it. <laughs> maybe it's kill by committee. Yeah. A different way of doing things. Yeah. I don't know. Well, thank you so much for doing this thank and you taking for your time me. for this being here. Not this is cool. so great. My great pleasure. I love Thanks doing this because I have to get to hang out with people I like for a little while, and I don't have to talk on the phone or read things and here. do stuff, which is really good. Next time on Grey's Anatomy, it's a two-hour event, you guys. It's called There's a Fine, Fine Line, and there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a big event which will force people into a very tense situation, and the outcome of that is very, very unexpected. You should not miss that at all. And then the second part of it is called It's All Right, Ma, I'm Only Bleeding. So I think... No matter what happens on Grey's Anatomy, that's a great title for Grey's Anatomy because <laughs> that's what it's saying. And the next time on The Catch is the episode's called The Princess and the IP. And hey, you guys, it's directed by Regina King, who we all love and is a terrific actress and a wonderful person and a terrific director. And that's going to be an incredibly exciting episode. And I think we're going to get to see a little more of one of our favorites, Princess Zara, mm -hmm. who I think we're growing to love and seems to be intrinsically part of this con family. Yep. Um, so Grey's Anatomy, that two-hour event, is going to be on Thursday, April 14th at 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. on ABC. And the new episode of The Catch, which you guys don't miss it. It's really fun to watch it like live after a whole lot of medicine. The best thing to do is sit down with a glass of, oh, I don't know, something in your flagon, possibly a wine or another beverage, and tuck into The Catch, which is just so delightful to watch. And that's at 10 o'clock, Thursday, April 14th on ABC. Thanks again for EW.com for posting an exclusive first listen of the podcast every Thursday night. And you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes.com backslash Shondaland, where each new podcast is available on Friday evenings. So we will be back next week with another new Shondaland Reveal podcast. Until then, this is Betsy Beers saying thank you for listening, and we'll be talking soon. Bye-bye.